Welcome to another episode of Mac and Joe Talk on a Podcast. Hello everyone, thanks for joining us for another very, very exciting episode. We're here, back again. Happy May the 4th, Joe. Happy yep. May the 5th. May the 4th be with you. Cinco de yeah. Mayo. Cinco. We just had a party at your folks' house. It's a massive party. It was oh, a yeah. rager. It's got crazy. We took tequila shots and everything. It was It was something. <laughs> um, so yeah, great to be back here as always. Thank you so much for a lot of your positive uh, positive uh, comments on our Endgame spoiler review. Um, we got a lot of nice, I got a lot of nice feedback for that. A probably lot of you for guys, you, probably for you, but a lot of you guys, me. most majority of you guys like the film. There were some, and, and I, and I understand we weren't as high as it as possibly in Infinity War. If you haven't checked out the review yet and you have seen, uh, if you have seen the film, please go ahead and check out the spoiler review. I think it's, I, I enjoy listening to it. I, I think it's a good, um, I think we bring up some good points. Both of us do and, and some good validation. So, uh, yeah. We're there. Let's jump on in. Uh, unfortunately, we do have some sad news to pass along. R.I.P. to Peter Mayhew, yep. who was the uh, original actor of Chewbacca. Mm-hmm. Uh, played Chewbacca all the way through The Force Awakens. And then the next actor um, took over, who played it both in The Last Jedi and in Solo. But Peter Mayhew was cre- was credited as a consultant on the, on those films. So his legacy will definitely live on. Um, Chewbacca is one of those characters that when was probably created and invented, George Lucas probably didn't have this idea that, again, most of his Star Wars characters would be this iconic kind of lasting, you know, images and these just iconic characters and Chewbacca definitely fits in, in, in that mold. And, yeah. um, you know, any, any cosplay you go to, any, any con mm-hmm. you'll go to, there will always mm-hmm. be Chewbacca's dressed up. Even though that'll be like... A thousand degrees and all that fur. Yeah, I mean, people, you know, it's uh, a lot of people were sad this past week, and I get yeah. it. He meant a lot to a lot of people. I never personally met him uh, or saw him, but apparently he was a big hit at cons. And <clears throat> Excuse me. He was a big hit at cons and was always very gracious with his time and all that stuff. So, yeah, there's that. So, condolences. Uh, we do have some more questions. Um, we get great fan questions from you guys, so thank you so much. First question is, does Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker have a chance to beat Avengers Endgame at the box office? The answer is no. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately. No, not a chance. Not a chance. Um, I'll go over Endgame box office in a little bit. <coughs> I would have said if Rise of Skywalker was such a good film that it may have a chance domestically. Again, worldwide, Star Wars is not as beloved as it is in the States. Um, again, where Marvel really separates itself as a franchise is its overseas sales. Uh, it's incredibly universal in that sense. Um, so if Rise of Skywalker was such an incredible film, it could potentially creep up on it in terms of domestic box office, but because, and we're going to go over the numbers soon, Endgame is just blowing things out of the water. Unfortunately, Rise of Skywalker doesn't have a chance. Do you have any thoughts on that, Joe? Or just no, kind of I, I agree with everything that you said. It's... It's really like a no-brainer. Yeah. Um, does it have a chance? Absolutely not. Yeah. Like 0%. 0.0%. <laughs> you probably get really good betting odds for it. But that's about it. Um, not 
really much discussion. Yeah, I mean, maybe a week ago it could have been a discussion, but it's just it's just gone away. Yeah. So, uh, but again, Disney owns both of it, so it's not like we're we're robbing to pay one or the other. So, there's that. Uh, this is a great question. This is a question I've been thinking about for a while. Which new character or characters would you like the MCU to introduce in Phase Four? Again, this is probably going to be more geared towards, towards me. That's fine. Um, do you have any, Joe? Or I, just, don't, I don't have a clue. I have no idea. I mean, the most basic going. ones would be like your X-Men, right? And your Fantastic Four. And those are the ones that people know. Um, well, I mean, like, they're going to be... Would you be interested in seeing Wolverine I'm, join the MCU? I mean, we're not going to get Hugh Jackman Wolverine. I, that, I don't know. That would be tough for me okay. because seeing he just loved him so much. Yeah, he was so he was such and I and he and he spanned however many years playing Wolverine. I mean, the first Wolf, the first X Men movie came out in two thousand one. I think Something it was. Like that. Yeah, I think so. So he spanned almost a decade, uh, more than a decade of playing this character. Yeah. Um, and he was the he was the Iron Man of that. Yes, that really kind but of X Men saga. But yeah, yeah, he was he was the Robert Downey Jr. of of the MCU, absolutely. Except yeah. that his career, I wouldn't say, was in shambles at that point. No, um, I mean Wolverine made his career right. He was mostly unknown at that point. He was he was mostly a stage actor. He was on Broadway in London, and he had had other roles. He, he, had he didn't get my, my he roles. didn't get Swordfish, and that was kind of one of his bigger breaks too. Until after X Men, X Men really kind of put him on the map in terms of gaining anyway, popularity. Yeah. Again, his ability and his acting obviously yeah. kept him longevity. Um, but you know the franchise certainly helped put him on the back. That's but, a good but, question. But, but, but which which I mean, which character, it's, it's characters really introduced. This would be new characters, and I don't know any. new Yeah, characters. I mean, we if talk, you would have asked, we talked about we talked about the uh, the uh, the martial arts guy. Yeah, Shang Chi. Shang Chi. And I don't I don't know much. I about don't know that. anything about that. I, I can I couldn't I, I couldn't even tell you what comic I've read with Shang Chi. I couldn't tell you what Eternals comic I read to be honest. Again, I think these are more newer creations, and I'm more into the when I was younger. Um, if you would have asked me two to three years ago, I would have said Miles Morales, probably. Um, but again, now that Miles Morales is firmly established in the Spider-Verse, I really, really loved Spider-Verse. So I'm not sure I want to see just Miles Morales rush into this universe, especially because Peter Parker with Tom Holland is still so young that I'm, I'm, I'm still good with just Peter Parker. Um, at one point, I wanted to see Namor. And then Namor is basically the Aquaman version of the Marvel. He's the underwater king. So that was kind of a thought, but I'm not sure I want to see Marvel copy DC. Having thought more and more about it, again, just... Captain Planet. I don't, I don't, I don't think that's a real thing, um, but that's great. There used to be a TV show called Captain Planet. I don't think it was a Marvel one, was uh, it? No, it wasn't a Marvel one. I, I don't know. It, it might be. It could be. Uh, having thought about it more and more... And having rewatched Endgame a second time this past week, uh, how great Josh Brolin was as Thanos in terms of an overarching villain. And I think that is one of the criticisms that Marvel has had is, is they don't necessarily have these long-lasting villains. They usually have a villain, even if it's good or not, they kind of plug it in the film, and then it's out in the next film or things like that. So I put down Doctor Doom. Uh, I think this is one of Marvel's greatest villains um, certainly introduced in Fantastic Four, but has several encounters with the Avengers. Again, if you're looking to do a longer kind of map out, which they've done, you know, for the first kind of phase, again, Doctor Doom is a villain that you can introduce in several different points and, and be a part of it. 
um, and kind of an overarching villain versus just like a bad like Killmonger who was great, but his story really only pertains to Wakanda and Black Panther. Uh, Doctor Doom really pertains overall to the Marvel Universe. So that was what I chose. Um, that wouldn't really be an introduced, though. He's already been introduced. Introduced to the MCU, right? Okay. So maybe that's maybe I cheated on that question. Yeah. But the question was, would you like the MCU to introduce in Phase 4? Um, and to me, that's the biggest bad that, that I know. Again, there's lots of cool Spider-Man villains, but we've seen a lot of them in films like Ring Goblins and things like that. So I'm trying to think of something that would be an overarching character, mostly just because I love Thanos so much, um, thinking that that was great. Uh, this next question, again, is probably going to be for me. We haven't spent a ton of time on Game of Thrones, but thoughts on the Battle of Winterfell and Arya? Uh, OMG. Um, it was it was something. It was a really long episode, and it was really no dialogue. It was really just fighting. Uh, I did not... I don't want to spoil the episode. Although, technically, I think with TV, you can spoil it the day after. That's kind of what I've been told. Um... But I did not see it coming with Arya. Um, but having thought about it, it makes sense that she was the one to do what she did. Having said that, there's still three episodes to go, including tonight's episode that I'm going to watch after this. And I have no idea what's going to happen. And to me, that's that's somewhat exciting in a world of predictability. Um, you know, It's good to have no idea what you're going to do. Because again, so many franchises and films, it's... You have a general idea of where it's going to go with Game of Thrones. I have no idea what's going to happen. I've so. heard. I've heard some. I mean, I don't. I don't watch the the series, but I've heard that it's kind of taken an interesting t- twist mm-hmm. because, and we've talked about this before, about how up until this point they've been kind of sticking with the books. Yeah. And now they have to kind of create their own story. There's no more books right now. And I've and I've and I've heard mixed reviews on that. I've heard some people that are really not on board with this new direction. Mm-hmm. I guess I guess it's a new direction that the series has taken this past season. Like yeah. some people were excited about it because it was Game of Thrones and it's the last season. But some other people, at least people I've talked to at work, um, they're a little bit disappointed in how kind of off the wall and like like I've, I've I, this is just what I've heard yeah I don't know do you feel like it's noticeably different than the other seasons I, I don't um, there hasn't been any there hasn't been any I don't want to say major deaths there hasn't been any major major deaths that have happened yet and you always that's the one thing that Game of Thrones kind of done they kill off so many characters um, I thought in last week's episode when it was the big battle not that people that were killed off or insignificant, but they weren't truly, truly significant to the longer story. Um, you know, with the game of Thrones, you, you, you just don't know what's going to happen. Um, and it's just, and that part of it is the appeal. And that's also part of the frustration. Um, they've killed off characters that you really, really care about and you get mad at the show and you're like, I'm never going to watch this show again because they killed off my favorite character. And of course, next week you're watching the same show. Exactly. So it's, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's a good point. I understand what you're saying, and I could, I certainly sympathize with people being frustrated at times with the show. Um, but having said that, they're still going to be watching the next episode. So there's that. Great questions, as always, guys. Please, please keep sending them in. We love them. Um, as always, we want to plug the website, fanboyplanet.com. There's tons of great articles, tons of great stuff on there from myself, from other creators, from other writers, uh, covering a whole range of topics. 
um, from everything that we cover here. So please go and check out the website. Um, they are supporting us, so we are supporting them. So thank you so much. Uh, we did have a follow-up. I did want to clarify some things last week from last week. Uh, Joe's favorites are not, I won't say favorite. I guess it might be your favorite attraction from Universal. Um, you, we talked about Jurassic Park, the ride. Jurassic Park, the film was released in 1993, but the ride opened in 1996. So you might have been off there, but I think you were right that Steven Spielberg pitched the ride before the film had premiered. So. No, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I I don't recall exactly specifics what I said, but mm-hmm. I but I but it wasn't I wasn't trying to um it wasn't that the ride opened before the movie came out. That wasn't that wasn't the point I was trying to make. The point I was trying to make was that the ride was in production gotcha. before the movie had been released. Gotcha. So so the movie hadn't even Steven Spielberg apparently had pitched the idea to Universal to make a ride based on this book, and then maybe that's how the the the, the movie got spawned yeah. from this creation or from him talking about making a ride. Um, yeah, it wasn't my intent to confuse the listeners and to say that the ride came out before the movie. So yeah. I, I don't apologize. Know. Confusing. If- I we just want I we just wanted to follow up and, and okay. make sure that we were. All on the right page. Maybe maybe it confused me. So that's all. Um, a couple really small little news and notes for this week. Um, actually, you know what? We're going to do box office first because I just uh, realized that I just wrote that down. Um, no surprise. Endgame topped the weekend. Um, it is now at $2 billion, $2.188 billion. It's only been 11 days in release and is now the second highest grossing film of all time. Uh, Avatar is $2.787 billion. Um, So it still has a way to go for Avatar, but it looks like it very much has it in its sights. Overall, again, this is 11 days in. It still has, you know, a couple months to play in theaters, even even if returns are are small. It still has, you know, some months to play. Um, Avatar was one of those phenomenons where it was re-released in theaters. It played six months in theaters. Titanic is the film that it just passed. Titanic played eight months in theaters. Uh, Again, as Joe's mentioned before, inflation, uh, Joe's absolutely right with that. Again, it's not necessarily ticket prices. Uh, It's more about the number of uh, people in the seats. Um, It's hard to, to gauge that. Um, but I did my best research in terms of inflation. Uh, Gone with the Wind, well, the 1939 film, if you did inflation in 2019 dollars, uh, Gone with the Wind would be $3,861,000,000. Again, Gone with the Wind, the medium ticket price at that point, 1939 was $0.25. Cents. Um, again, so obviously the dollars and cents are going to be very, very different. Um, and Titanic would be over $3 billion as well. So again, we're looking at it from inflation. Avatar is hard to it's hard to 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 do inflation with Avatar simply because a lot of that money came in 3D, 3D screenings. Um so 3D overall, you know, was that, more expensive yeah, than, so than that, the usual ticket price. Right. And that was the phenomenon with Avatar, right? Was seeing in 3D in this is virtual technology. Um so that's hard to do inflation. Thank you for that. Um no, no problem. I mean I, I get it. Um, 
so you know, as far as overall, Endgame is is a success for Marvel and yeah, for Disney. Yeah, we're not we're not trying to downplay it at um, all. We're just I'm just I as an economist who majored in economics, I just always like to think in terms of right, and it is hard to do that. Yeah, um, but but it is so- it is obviously a real thing. Um, again, gone with 1939, it was 25 cents a ticket. Um, now domestically it's, it's around $10 per ticket again. So again, Whereas, well, but even then you, we didn't, we, that's confusing because you have subscription services like, right. Like we have, and it's also, we're not paying for tickets. We're yeah. paying for subscriptions. Right. So we're not technically paying $10 a ticket or $15 right. a ticket or $20 a ticket. Right. Whatever it might be. And it also depends on various different markets have different prices. Yes. If you're in a different market, your ticket could be less. Are yes. you paying – if you're a senior, are you paying $5? I mean things like that. Yes. It's all – it all kind of fluctuates. So it's it's hard to do inflation absolute. and average things like that. So it's absolute. Uh, the only absolute is Gone with the Wind definitely did have the most tickets sold. Um, again, I, to say to say no film will ever pass – Three billion or four billion—it's hard to say because eventually something will. Um, but you know, I think we're Endgame is eleven days in; it's already passed its total run of Infinity War, which is crazy to me. I definitely thought it was going to. I definitely did not think it was going to take only eleven days. I thought it was going to take the weekend. Yeah, I mean, it was. It passed a billion dollars in one weekend. Yeah, but I mean, Infinity War was over two billion dollars, though. I mean, it's its entire run, and it's did this in, in two weekends, basically, which is crazy. Um, so we'll see. We'll, we'll keep an eye on it throughout the summer. It's definitely going to have some more competition starting next week. Um, some more eyeballs will be going to other films like Pikachu, and then you're going to start to get your John Wicks and your Aladdins and your Godzillas and all these things. So um, some eyeballs will go away. It has about $500 million to go. Will it pass Avatar? If you were a betting man, Joe, what would you say? It's it's quite a phenomenon. If, it's, if I was a betting man, I'd say yes. Yeah, I, I would go the same way at this point. Um, I mean, their midweek shows were sold out. Second weekend shows were sold out, um, and the popularity is so big in the sense that people went the first weekend. Um, and if you didn't buy your ticket the first weekend, you couldn't go. And there's all these stories of people just, especially in different cities, and we're we're lucky to be here where there's a lot of theater options and things like that. But in certain areas, there's just not a ton of theater options. So people just couldn't go the first weekend because they just couldn't get tickets. Um, so they had to go during the midweek or they had to go during the second week. So something to keep your eye on. It's something that, I, you know, we'll see. Um, box office news or weekly news. We, we got a trailer this week, Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, I have, it just looks weird. I, I can't say, I've, I've played Sonic the game before. I love the game. Um, it just looks, it looks weird. I'm not sure. It's got a, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. It's hard to explain. Yeah. <laughs> do you, do you got an opinion on it, Joe? Not or? really. I mean, I, I mean, they're making Pikachu movies. They're making Sonic the Hedgehog movies. I know they're two different things, but I mean, I, they're running out of IPs. Yeah, uh, this just this doesn't interest me at all. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I don't. It doesn't interest me either. Um, it's got James Jim Carrey and yeah James Mars. I mean, I I don't know Jim Carrey. Interesting choice. Yeah, um, as Joe would say, when's the last time he's done a movie? Well, but he was in he was in, in that so TV show that he's you saw. on Showtime. He's on the show right now. So 
That's supposed to be pretty good. You said it was pretty good. good. It's really good. Yeah. I don't know. I I just... I I don't have a love... Interesting choice. Yeah, I don't have a love for Sonic the character. No, I don't Um, either. But, I mean, if it... Kids will be interested in it. That's about it. So, I don't know. Um, Hulu and Marvel TV are going to produce a Ghost Rider and Howard the Duck series on Hulu... Um, at a Hulu investor presentation, Hulu announced uh, 3 million more subscribers have joined, uh, bringing it to a total of 26.8 million subscribers. I did not know Hulu was that high yeah, per se. That was surprising. But yeah. I do get it. Hulu is a replacement for cable for a lot of people because you do get live sports. You do get a lot of your shows the day after and things like that. Um, Disney is again still trying to fully control Hulu, and I think that would be shares. yeah. I mean that's a big big deal. I think the big difference or the big thing to note for here, um, Marvel TV is the one that's going to produce these series. It's not Marvel Studios, so Marvel TV is separate from Marvel Studios. So Marvel TV did you know like the Netflix series, like The Defenders and Daredevil, yeah, and yeah. then they do Agents of Sealed. So it's not going to be the Kevin Feige. No. type of storytelling which is going to be on the Disney Plus service because again yes. that's the one they're promoting more yes. heavily with the stars so I like Howard the Duck I, I you know it's, it's a fun character um, I don't know how you create maybe, a whole maybe maybe they should do that in phase four Howard the Duck I mean he's already in the MCU now what do you so, mean well he's in Guardians of the Galaxy and he's in Guardians of the Galaxy too. There's even a cameo of Howard the he Duck was in, in Guardians Endgame. of the Galaxy too. Yeah. He was in both Guardians of the Galaxy. What? So in Guardians of the Galaxy one, the first one, he's yeah. in the end credit scene. And you oh, might not have seen it. Yeah, I didn't. But it's yeah, you uh, mentioned that. It's yeah. with uh, that was one of the good ends. It was really one of the good. It was ones. one of the ones you said was good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So there's the scene with Benicio del Toro, and it's like the collector's labyrinth. Yeah, is yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. All torn up, and you think they're gonna like reveal some like major character, and it's Howard the Duck just sitting there, and you're like, oh, that's funny. So I, I don't know. I mean, I still haven't jumped on the Hulu train. Um, once Disney does acquire it again, I think it's it's a matter of time it would until make they do. Sense to bundle it. It make it would make sense to bundle it. Um, and again, the only thing keeping me on cable now really is sports at this point. Because um, again, HBO might be my most watched channel, and literally I can buy HBO Go just for the same price that I'm adding HBO on my <laughs> subscription. So that's funny. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Because I'm definitely going to get Disney Plus. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Disney Plus, Disney Plus is going to potentially produce a Willow sequel series, according to Ron Howard. Uh, this comes from Lucasfilm. It's kind of like a kid's fantasy film. Did you ever see Willow, Joe? I wasn't my favorite. I saw it when I was a kid. I thought it was kind of a strange movie, but... It has a cult following, absolutely. It's got Warwick Davis in it as Willow. And he's Willow. He's the he's Willow. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Descriptive. <laughs> yeah, he's Willow. Um, <laughs> For the listeners, <laughs> yeah. you can't see what That's you're okay. doing. They, 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 they know who Warwick Davis is. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, again, if it's on Disney+, Plus, am I going to watch it? Maybe. Wait. He was, he was Mini-Me, right? No, that was a different a different, um, guy? different short actor, yeah. I thought it was the same guy. No, it's a different guy. Oh, okay. Warwick Davis has actually been in what all else? of the Star Wars films. Um, yeah. What did he play? I couldn't tell you which character oh. he played, but he's in, he's in a bunch of them. Um, 
And Willow is actually a Lucasfilm yeah, yeah, yeah. production. I knew, so I knew he it was. knew that. Um, so again, now Disney owns all Lucasfilm, yeah, so yeah. they could do that. Um, will I watch it if it's on Disney Plus? Again, this is potential. It's not something that's confirmed. No. Um, I mean, maybe. Uh, it's certainly not going to be the one that pushes me over the top to be like, oh, I'm going to get it now because they have Willow. Um, but as Joe mentioned, there's a it's a huge there's a huge following of it, um, which I, I was surprised, and it's been I was probably in single digits of my age when mm-hmm. I saw it the last time, mm-hmm. so I couldn't even tell you a full synopsis at this point. Yeah, um, would I watch it? Yeah, maybe. Who knows? Uh, it's got Val Kilmer in it, though. I know that. Yeah, Val book. Kilmer. I remember yeah. that. Um, so yeah, this is the time of the month where we do recommendations. Um, I have done some TV show recommendations. Joe's pulling into the vault way, way back to do some video game recommendations. Yeah. He's doing some not, of the classic recommendations. Not as, no, no, this isn't, this isn't classic. This isn't. It's classic, right? It's this throwback? isn't classic. This is, this is six months ago. This is All right. Well, why don't you give me your video game recommendation then, Joe? Um, okay. Uh, now I'll be honest, um, to the listeners, I am not as an avid video gamer as I once was. That being said, um, I don't have a PlayStation 4. I actually sold it, unfortunately, because um, I was starting to get into bad habits of pulling all-nighters <laughs> playing Call of Duty. So I ended up selling it. Um, but if I was to play any game now, the game that looks most interesting to me that I would want to play, it would be Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, I know this came out last year in October. Um, but it is a sequel to a game that I own on, I own Red Dead Redemption on PlayStation 3. I thought it was an amazing game. And this game is supposed to be that 10 times better. Um, it's supposed to be in 4k, which is awesome because Mm. there's not too many games that are in 4k, I imagine, you know, or, um, but it still takes place in the wild, wild west, where you're like a cowboy, you can do all sorts of things. It's an open world game. It's from the makers of Rockstar, so you know they make uh, Grand Theft Auto and other type games, um, similar type open world games. Um, that would be the game that I would recommend. Um, okay. It looks very interesting. The story looks cool. Um, it would be one. I know my brother just bought it for Xbox, so I'm going to ask him how what he thinks of it. Um, I saw it at his on his uh, on his Xbox when I came when I stopped by his place the other day. Um, so I know he's going to be playing it. So I'll have to ask him what he thinks of it. But um, it's supposed to be a, an amazing game Thanks. in terms of the stuff you can do, the fact that it incorporates you know open world technology and yet it still has a good story. You know the fact that it takes place in the Wild West. You know. It's it, you, some people. Some people might criticize it and say it's like a it's like a Wild West version of Grand Theft Auto. And yes, to a certain extent, that is true. But the fact that you can ride horses and do all sorts of different activities, you know, besides the storyline, you can explore different things. You can go hunting. You can play horseshoes. You can you know play cards at a saloon and do all sorts of different things. So that would be the game I would recommend. All right, buddy. Okay, let's, good. Let's hear it to you. Um, I, I'm not a gamer, but I have heard of Red Dead Redemption. It's, it's a very popular title. So uh, go check that out if you are looking for a new game. I wrote down a couple TV shows. Um, I wrote down DuckTales. We're on season two on the Disney Channel. Um, absolutely love it. It's a reboot of the 1987 original series. 
um, which was you're really stretching it on this one, buddy. We, no, I, I love people, it. People, people like Ducktales. I love it. It's 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 my. I want to say it's my childhood, um, but it's one of the shows that I remember watching as a child. I don't remember watching like Mickey Mouse or anything like that. I remember watching Ducktales. Follows Huey, Dewey, and Louie, of course, with their uncle Scrooge. Uh, it's just great. Uh, it's on it's season great. two right now. Um, on the Disney Plus streaming service, it will have all of the classic episodes from the 1987 series, plus the new reboot. Uh, when I was at D23 in 2017, I went to the DuckTales panel. It was very, very cool. And it was before they actually had premiered the show, so it was more of a promotion at that point as well. Um, it was very, very cool. So I was very, very excited to go to the panel. I don't know if there's going to be a DuckTales panel at this D23, but if there is, I'm definitely going to go because I love it. Um, I also wrote down What We Do in the Shadows. It's currently on FX right now. It's on season one. It's only six episodes in or something like that. It's uh, very, very loosely based on a 2014 film, which is um, created and written by Jermaine, Jermaine Clement and Taika Waititi. Uh, Jermaine Clement is known for Flight of the Concords. Taika Waititi is mostly known now for uh, Thor Ragnarok. Um, they both uh, created the TV show based on their film. It's a very, very trippy, very, very interesting type of take. It basically follows these three, or the boss follows these four vampires that live in current New York um, and kind of how they acclimate to society and. Uh, it's just it's an interesting it's an interesting series. If you're a fan of Waititi, uh, Thor Ragnarok, and that type of humor, you're gonna like what we do in the shadows. Um, so that's what I wrote down. Um, so Ducktales and what we do in the shadows and Red Dead Redemption Two are our recommendations of the week. That's a very eclectic mix. You can't say we don't give you guys variety on the show because uh, that is variety at its definition right there. Um, so yeah, that's it. As always, please let us know what you guys are watching or streaming. Let us know what you guys are playing. And we're more than happy to take those recommendations as well. Next week, we're going to do book recommendations, um, as part of our weekly recommendation series. Um, next up, there was, you know, not a whole ton of news this week. Again, Endgame has basically still been dominating the news cycle for the most part. So I stumbled across this article on RogerEbert.com titled Avengers MCU and the Content Endgame. And it goes into several kind of discussion points about how Endgame and the end of Game of Thrones really kind of truly represents the end um, of multiple eras um, in cinema and in streaming. Um, I thought it was fascinating um, Joe, any top, any any thoughts you have right off the top of your head, Joe? Or um, it was a pretty dense article. Um, there were parts that were kind of hard for me to understand. It's I, a lot, yeah. Because and it, and it wasn't because of necessarily the length, but what I got from the article was that, and I, and I don't watch Game of Thrones, so I kind of breezed through the Game of Thrones parts of the article. Mm-hmm. Um, First of all, I didn't even know there was a RogerEbert.com because I know he, I know Roger Ebert had passed away some yeah. years some time ago. So I didn't realize there was a and there was key, a, and key, it's licensed and oh know. oh so it's nothing to do well, well no he that, he he had license he had started the website and I think licensed it okay out yeah and, yeah that was what I assumed yeah but so anyway. it's just like the name right people yeah, are just yeah. using the name um in terms of the article it was interesting I mean it it mentioned how the uh, 
you know, the movie Endgame, how it's drawing so many eyeballs and people and so many people were interested in this film that it's really kind of changed cinema. And we've talked about this before. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've hinted around this topic for a while. Yeah. We haven't necessarily deep dived into no, it. No, no. And, 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 and apparently there have been some writers for uh, RogerEbert.com, some other authors who have written about kind of the – not the fall of cinema, but the – It's a but, change, right? But the, cha- the, the changing well, one of them, one, one of the titles of the article was The Decay of Cinema, which is pretty strong language. Um, yeah. I mean – it's it's an interesting topic, um, and one we've talked about before about how you know we're not seeing these independent many many of these independent films. We're seeing Roma on Netflix. We're not seeing it in theaters, mm-hmm. or if we do, it's simply just to get award accreditation. Right. Um, but it's playing at art house theaters, not yes, at mainstream theaters. Yes, yeah. and especially for people who live where as we as we're talking about. We're you know people can't get tickets to Endgame. Well, they're certainly not going to be getting tickets to Roma, right? You know if you can't if you know so it's it's, it's yeah you have one there's a changing theater. of the guard yeah. as as it were, um and yeah it was an interesting article. I mean I like I said it was pretty dense. Um, I and and I kind of breezed through the uh, the Game of Thrones material. Yeah, I mean because, the Game of Thrones. Yeah, it let's, really let's, talked about. And we'll talk touch on a couple different things, but the Game of Thrones. I think it, it really hinted at Game of Thrones has really become the last appointment viewing of television. Oh, because everyone was sitting down to watch it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like- now it's you know the majority of what people are consuming is on streaming shows. So it's not sitting it's around on, the table watching. Yeah, it's you know it's not like oh it's Friday night I got to go watch this show so everyone goes and plops on the couch at this show. This really is the last one. What people are feeling like this is the last appointment show where it's like if I don't watch it today, everyone's gonna be talking about it at work and tomorrow. People do and my Yeah, work it's anyway. crazy. Um so you know this is kind of the last one where it's like you have to watch it the night of. You have to make an appointment viewing to seeing everything else you're consuming, even great, great television shows, shows on you can Netflix, watch it whenever you want. You can watch it whenever you want. It's streaming. This is the last of its kind um, and where before, that's how a television used to be, right? You, they used to have DVRs. If you wanted to record something, you had to plug it in a VCR and record it and do things like that. And it was appointment television. This is the last truly appointment television to a certain extent. So I certainly agree with that because, um, again, I consume everything on my DVR and on my laptop, basically, my iPad, whenever I want. Game of Thrones is really the only thing where I'm like, I have to watch it the night of. Just because I don't want to go on social media later that night or the next day or talk to people and not be in the loop, I, I have to I have to watch yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so that makes sense. It talked a lot about the MCU, how the MCU became has become very episodic and has created very much an episodic type of feel. How it's almost created a TV type of feel to the films, where it's like a very 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 expensive TV episode. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that I agreed with that. But. I actually do kind of agree with that to a certain sense, and I think that's what they've done, um, where it's like you watch an episode, and to understand what's going to happen in a later episode, you have to watch the next episode. And you have oh, to, I see what you mean. You mean it builds on each other. Yeah, and so it's like, you know, maybe people aren't interested in the character of Captain Marvel. They don't know anything about her, but they're like, well, I have to see Captain Marvel because she's going to be a part of, of Endgame. Or 
I'm not a huge fan of Ant Man and um, Ant Man, but I know he's going to be a part of the next film. And you know, you kind of it builds on this kind of story that just keeps kind of building forward. Um, you know, it talked about you know kind of the, the changes of cinema when Jaws was released, mm-hmm. how that kind of really created what the summer blockbuster was. Yeah, because there really wasn't a summer movie season at that point. Um, it talked about Star Wars when Star Wars had come out, how that was such a, a cinematic game changer for for cinema. Um, and you know, as Joe mentioned, it's it, MCU has it's what they've done is really incredible. Um, but it's also made it, I don't want to say impossible, it's made it really difficult for other types of storytelling to be told. Mm-hmm. Because it's if you're trying to compare it to the MCU, people, they just can't do it, right? Um, and then they haven't been able to do it. Um, so people, obviously people are consuming Endgame like crazy. It'll be interesting to see how many people remain interested after this. You know, how many people go see Far From Home? Are they just going to be burned out by it? They're going to be like, yes, I want more. Please give me more. You know, I I don't know. I mean, Joe's raising his hand. I know Joe's a little burned out by it. I know it's going to be hard to be like, all right, well, we did this saga. Now we want you guys to invest all this more time to get all this more payoff. You know, I I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, any thoughts on that? I mean, it's, it's hard to... Well, I mean, I've kind of mentioned. Yeah, I mean, I, I, get, I, think the, I think the listeners in you know my thoughts. Yeah, in terms of the future of MCU, I mean, I I'm mildly interested in the Black Panther two. I'm not. That's about. I I don't know what direction they're going to go. He's more I mean, interested in the Black Widow film. Aren't I you? I don't know. I, I thought am. you were. I thought you liked. Oh, okay, never Scarlett mind. Scarlett Johansson. I thought you liked her performance in Endgame. You mentioned that. All right, never mind. Um, and again, I didn't mean to throw that off. That wasn't meant to be a joke. Like I thought, in, list, in re-listening to our podcast, that was one of the more, at least it came off as that was one of the more, her performance was one of the better ones that you I liked. I like Thor. Thor was the best Thor part. Thor was great. I thought Thor was the best Thor part. Thor was of great. Game, in my um, and but you will anyway. definitely get more Thor uh, in the future of the MCU. Um, Without a shirt, as probably. He will, he will, he is... Not to spoil, he's going to change his current appearance, uh, as it were. Um, yeah, I mean, as someone, I'm, I'm certainly not. I mean, gonna, we're kind of diving off. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm certainly not going to consider myself a cinephile to any type of extent. But I do like to see a variety of films. I do seek out different types of films. Um, I'll be the first one there on opening weekend for a franchise film and. And being out there like like everyone else in the masses, but I'll go see your. You your, weren't. You weren't before me. What do you mean? You didn't go to the over. You didn't go to like the night. Uh, you Maybe were like, not no, the I want to wake. I want to wake. I want to. I want to wait a week. Maybe not the Thursday. Or and the then Friday. I was like, no, you get the crowd. You get people cheering. You okay. get all that stuff. I know, but now with with our ticketing system too, it's also easier to do that That's as true. well. That's true. Um, but again, I enjoy you know the Black Klansmen's and the favorites. Yeah, and those I still have to see that. Films. I want to see that movie. Um, and again, part of what what a studio's job is to make money, um, to finance their films, and to give people jobs and all these type of things. And you know, I can't stress this enough that you know you want to see creative ideas and original ideas. Um, you have to support at the box office. 
if the only thing you're going to go see is Endgame, and and that's fine. Uh, that's what you want to see. Are you implying that that's what I'm doing? No, I'm, oh. that's a that's oh. a general blanket oh, statement. General, that's yeah. a general blanket statement, right? I mean, I saw the public. That was a great Disney, movie. Yeah, but I mean, did anyone else go see it? Not I mean, really. it, yeah, that's what I mean. Like it was in our theaters in a week. It wasn't. It 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 you know. Did it lose money? Probably not, because it was such a low-budget, independent type of film anyway. But, you know, is Disney now with the acquisition of Fox, are they rushing out to make more independent films? I mean, no. They're they're going to make more franchises, because that's what makes them money. You know, are, are they going to touch Fox Searchlight? I certainly hope not, because I think you're getting great stuff out of Fox Searchlight. But what if Fox Searchlight has a run of three or four duds in a row? Are they going to be like, well, we got to change this model? I mean, yeah, that's that's going to suck. And, you know, he also talked about how these independent films and low-budget films, they are now finding a voice on Netflix, on Amazon Prime. And because that's the only way that people are going to they're going to be reached by people. And Joe made this point before. And I think it's a great point. Uh, in certain markets, there's just simply not theaters to choose from. There's one theater and it has uh-huh. six screens. Guess what's playing on every single screen this week? Avengers. It's Endgame. You know, you're not going to get your independent films. You're not going to get those those storyteller films. So, you know, I'll, I'll leave a link to the article uh, in the description. I think it's an interesting article. I think it's an interesting topic. Um, you know, cinema has has changed, and whether you whether or not you appreciate the MCU or not, it's definitely it's an historic franchise. It's an historic uh, movement. Um, and again, for better or worse. yeah, you're seeing it at the box office now. It's it's massive, and people just can't get enough of it. They can't consume it fast enough. Um, the real test will be Spider-Man: Far From Home when it literally drops two months after Endgame. Are people going to be like, "Oh my god, I just consumed Endgame"? I don't know if I can have another one. Are people going to be like, "Yes, I want more. Give me more." That's going to be the real test for me. It's going to be again. It's not going to be like six months or eight months or a year after. It's literally two months after Endgame. Is it going to be too close? And people are like, no, I don't I don't want more right now. I went to see Endgame because it was the end and I had to see it. Or are they going to be like, yes, I want more MCU. I want more of these characters. Who knows? I know that I'm interested for Spider-Man. I know Joe's probably going to give it a chance for me because he's being a good friend. Um, but overall, are people going to go see it? I don't know. I think it'll make money. It's not going to be a loss. I don't know if it's going to be a Captain Marvel and make a billion dollars. No, I don't think so. So there's that. Um, we're going to end, as always, guys, with some theme park news. Um, earlier this week, actually yesterday on May May the 4th, um, I actually wrote this down separately. May 4th in 1977, Space Mountain actually opened in Disneyland, uh, which is very, very cool. So I'm not going to do the math on that. What's 2019, 1977, 32 years? Does that sound right? Yeah. Yeah. 32 years ago, as of yesterday on May 4th, Space Mountain opened in Disneyland. 42. 42 years ago. There you go. That's why you're here. Um, also happening right now in Disneyland, to celebrate May the 4th, uh, this will run through the entire rest of the month of May in Disneyland. Space Mountain will officially change to Hyperspace Mountain. Again, that's a change they've done before several times. Um, most recently, last May when they were celebrating May 4th and also promoting Solo at that point, because Solo was a May release. Same time last year. Um, so they do that as well. Mary Poppins The Ride is strongly being rumored for expansion in Walt Disney World's London 
Epcot Pavilion. Right now in the London Epcot Pavilion, there is no ride. There is no attraction. It is mostly just uh, a food vendor and kind of some other attractions of London. Again, in Walt Disney World and Epcot, several different um, venues represent different countries, yep. things like that. Not all of them have Although London's what I attractions. Of. Sure, you're right. You're absolutely <laughs> right. Places. Um, so, um, you know. This uh, would make sense. Yeah, I, I, off the top of my head, I can't think of something else that's... Especially with the... With the London or UK based. the interest that there was in the Mary Poppins Returns. Yeah, I mean, I there hasn't been any word. I know it made money. I don't know if it crushed it. Um, Aquaman really was the, the big winner of last Christmas in terms of finances. So I don't know if Disney's going to go ahead with another Mary Poppins. If they do, that would make more sense, obviously, because then they're tagging into the film. Um, I liked Mary Poppins Returns. I thought it was fun. Joe was a little more lukewarm on it than I was, but I think that's just how Joe lives his life. He's a little more lukewarm on things. A little more lukewarm. Yeah. Um, some news that will make Joe happy, though. We're talking about Christopher Nolan. Take a shot. Take a shot. Take a shot. (laughs) There it is. (laughs) That's it. Uh, well done. Well played, sir. Uh, construction on Star Wars Hotel in Walt Disney World has officially begun construction so we're not talking you know for another three or four years you're really proud of yourself i am that was funny i'm envisioning the i'm envisioning the the female group of ladies female listeners taking shots Um, you'll have to let us know in the comments what you're drinking there you go uh that's right yeah so the star wars hotel um that sounds cool too yeah i mean it's again it's going to be connected to Galaxy's Edge in terms of its proximity, proximity. and location. Um, there will eventually, when the hotel is built, there will be a, I don't want to say a secret entrance, but a an exclusive entrance, entrance exclusively like, like to Galaxy's in, Edge. Like in Disneyland. With like Disney California, right? Disney California. Where yeah. you can go right in. Um, again, the Star Wars Hotel is going to be, we've talked a little bit about this, how unique it's going to be in the sense of it's going to be like you're literally encapsulated in space. Um, you won't be, there's no, you know, your windows won't be looking out into the park or into Florida. You're going to be looking out into space and seeing all these things. And it's going to very much be like galaxy's edge while, while you're inside the hotel, you're living this journey. So they're tracking you to some extent and everything you do is being monitored, which sounds scary, but they're doing it more of as a, as a, they're doing it more as a storytelling purpose. Okay. Okay. Just like galaxy's edge. As long as it has a purpose. Sure. Um, so there's that. Um, you ever Mickey, seen Snowden? I have. Um, it's a very, very dramatic interpretation. Oh, okay. okay. Um, but again, I don't know, and you don't know because you weren't there either. Uh, Mickey's Philharmonic has officially opened in Disney California Adventure on a scale of 1 to 10. Joe, how excited are you to try this new attraction, Disney California? I'm more excited for the Mickey's Runaway Railway. Runaway Railway. Right, but you're not going to get that until 2021. I know. So this is going to be your, besides Galaxy's Edge, this is going to be your only attraction, new attraction, Disneyland, Disney California in the next two years. Excited? Mm, lukewarm, as you mentioned. You give it a shot though, right? You'll give yeah, it a shot. Yeah, we'll go on it. will give it a it. shot. Great. Um, now we're going to end on a fun little game here. No game. 
Uh, you guys really, really respond well when we do the rankings and the comparisons and things like that. Although this is um, an interesting, this yeah, is an so, interesting take on it because it'll be stuff we've never gone. Yeah, so I'm trying to incorporate more rankings and more games and more things like that because you guys like it. Um, so this is going to be a little different, as Joe mentioned. In honor of Disney World's Hollywood Studios opening on May 1st, 1989, we are going to rank the attractions and shows in the land based on our personal level of interest. So again, it's celebrating 30 years of Hollywood Studios and Walt Disney World. Um, Hollywood Studios is where, for those of you that don't know, it's where Galaxy's Edge will go. Uh, it's where Toy Story Land was. Hollywood Studios really was one of the smaller lands. Um, not lands. Uh, what am I thinking? Theme parks in Walt Disney World. And now that... Um, They've they've added so much to it. It's really kind of one of the newer and bigger ones. Um, so we have not done these eight attractions. I only picked eight attractions. Again, there are attractions like Star Tours and things like that that I didn't put on there simply because we can do those it's at Disneyland. Um, so I wrote down eight attractions. Um, Lightning McQueen's Racing Academy, Muppet Vision 3D, Rock and Roller Coaster, Slinky Dog Dash, Twilight Zone Tower of Terror, Indiana Jones Epic Stunt Spectacular, Star Wars, A Galactic Spectacular, which is a fireworks and video show, and Wonder Woman World of Animation, which is a nighttime show. Again, obviously, we have done Twilight Zone Tower of Terror in Disney, That's California, but that is uh, no, longer, no longer in Disney, California, nope. obviously. So we're going to rank these rides or attractions based on our level of interest. Again, these are just... Um, if we had, if we were there right now, what would we do first? What would we do second? What would we do third? Just to see it, okay. Joe. Why don't you give me your number eight attraction? Backwards. Yeah, we're gonna um, start at the end, right? We always do. That's all good. Um, you gotta leave. You gotta end. With yeah, the good one. we gotta end with the bang. Um, my uh, my number eight ride or attraction, as it were. Um, I, I, this is probably gonna be disappointing to you, but. I'm not a huge fan of these types of attractions. I don't think they're that cool. Um, and that is the Muppet Vision 3D. That's why you're not interested in Mickey's Philharmonic either. That's not why I'm not interested in Mickey's Philharmonic. It's, it's the just, same type of idea, It's the right? same idea. You're just sitting there. You're wearing 3D glasses and the screens kind of come to life or, you know, panels kind of open up and there's screens. You know, we saw this when we went to the Kung when we said when we did the Kung Fu Panda 4D at oh, Universal. so cool. That was – it was interesting because it was 4D, but – I mean, 3D doesn't sound that interesting to me at this point. I mean, it seems kind of old technology. I don't yeah. know. I know you're a huge fan of the Muppets, so I'm certain. Yeah, I have it higher. My number eight is the Wonderful World of Animation. Um, really? I, yeah, I, I like the nighttime shows, um, but this very much feels like it's, in some ways, World of Color. Which was cool. I love World of Color, but you even mentioned that you liked Fantasia more than World of Color. Fantasia? What is it called? Fantasmic? Fantasmic. I'm sorry. Fantastic. Um, so, yeah, I mean, again, all of these attractions seem interesting to me and something I'd want to do, especially because I've never done them for the most part. But I chose Wonderful World of Animation as my number eight. Give me your number seven, Joe. 
Number seven, I put Lightning McQueen's Racing Academy. It's the newest one. I know, but it it's like, isn't it like a show? See, kind I was of. trying to figure out what these things were because I don't really know what these things are. Okay. I didn't know if they're shows or – I didn't know if they were rides. I didn't yeah. – and this seemed like a show to me and okay. I'm not big on shows. I mean there mm. are certain shows like when we went to Universal Studios and we see the Waterworld show. That's cool because that's like a one-time thing. There's like one show in the whole place. You know, like more or less. Um, yeah. It's the one show you saw. It's the one show that I saw, the one show that I have an interest in seeing. Lightning McQueen's Racing Activity a- Academy, excuse me. It seems like another, it seems like a show designed specifically for people who love the movie Cars. And I, I'm not a huge fan of the movie Cars. Um, I still haven't seen Cars 2 or 3, so. Have you seen Cars 1? I've seen Cars 1 in pieces, yes. Uh, I didn't even know you saw Cars 1. Yeah. Uh, my number seven is Hollywood Tower of Terror. Uh, for the, you've already for been the on simple it. reason I've been on it, but I do love the attraction. I think it's really, really cool. Yeah. I loved the decor. I loved the queue. Loved the I loved the walkthrough. Um, while I do think that in certain ways Mission Breakout is an upgrade, and I understand they're going to do all the theming with the Marvel stuff, um, there is always a part of me that, that will miss Tower of Terror. Um, but I have technically done the attraction before, so that was my number seven film. Give me your number six, Red Joe. Number six, another show. I mean, we have a couple shows on this list. Um, fireworks and shows don't really sound that appealing to me. So I put number six, Star Wars, A Galactic Spectacular. Okay. Um, I'm more of a ride guy. Not, no, not so much a show person. So that's my number six. I mean, fireworks and Star Wars. I mean, I guess it would it – sound, it sounds cool and it probably would do it once. But the, since we're ranking these in order – I'll do if it you once. had the chance. If yeah. I had the chance, I'll do you it once. You would do the other ones and first. I would do the I would do other ones yeah. instead. Uh, number six for me, this is going to be higher for you, and I get it. It's going to be Rock and Roller Coaster. Um, it, it sounds like a very cool attraction. It has nothing to do with Disneyland. Um, right. Nothing to do with Disney. So it's a little all. it's a little weird that it's there, um, but I know people that have gone on it. It seems to be a very cool ride. It's a little kind of in the dark, so it's a little kind of Space Mountain. To an extent, but it plays Aerosmith songs in it to some extent. So again, I, I didn't, I, I don't know, I didn't it's do not Max Cup of Tea. Yeah, it's just, I, I if I'm there, I'm obviously going to do it. I'm going to give it a chance because I'm in Florida. Um, but it's not something that I'm like, oh my god, I got to go to Florida to ride Aerosmith's Rock and Roller Coaster. So that was my number six ride, my number six attraction. Go ahead and give me number five, John. Number five, uh, I put Wonderful World of Animation just because it sounds kind of cool, and it's, it's. I mean, I read a little. I, I mean, I had to go on the website to look up some of the all of these because I don't know anything about them. Um, this sounds to me like one of the more interesting shows. Nice. Um, there is one more show that I ranked higher than this, um, but it seems I know what it is. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. It's just like but, Infinity War. But this one, guess but this it. one, this one seemed like a very close second. Okay. Cool. So. It sounds interesting. I mean, I like the idea that you can see other different, um, you know, you see all the Disney movies and whatnot and screens and things like that. Yeah. You know, I'm not too sure what the details of the of the the show are, but yeah. I know that it has to do with something to do with the Disney movies. And there's, you know, it shows a picture. Yeah, it's with, Pixar yeah, and, it's Pixar, and, and yeah. Disney animation. Yeah. So it's got that. My number five is Star Wars The Galactic Spectacular. Again, I think this would be a very cool nighttime thing to see. Um, 
because I love Star Wars and I think it'd be cool. But, you know, there are other attractions that I have higher up. So go ahead and give me a number four, Joe. Number four, I have the last show. And without a doubt, it's Indi- without a doubt it's the highest one in terms of the shows. That is Indiana Jones Epic Stunt Spectacular. This, to me, sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, you get to see like explosions. It seems like a it seems like a water world, but Indiana Jones. Yeah, which is awesome. Yeah, um, that's still there. Really cool. It's been there for a long, long time. It's still going strong. A lot of people like it. Um, even pass holders and people that go on a regular basis, they go and see the show on a regular basis. Sounds um, cool. That is actually my number four attraction as well. Oh, funny. So we got that the first time bada we've bang, ever boom. got. That's probably not true. We've probably gotten some similar before. Uh, but if, every time it happens, it feels like it's the first time. So number four for me was Indiana Jones Epic Stunt Be Spectacular. Why you say that. Only buddy. if you take it a certain way uh, are you going to get it. Um, <laughs> Joe's laughing right now, so I'm going to go ahead and do my number three, which is Muppet Vision 3D. Uh, I'm so excited for this. Again, I, I love the Muppets. Um, part of my childhood Um, Muppet Vision 3D was actually in Disney California Adventure at some point, but the attraction had closed. Because nobody Um, went on it. uh, Maybe. I I don't know. I'm just kidding. I don't know. Um, So I I never got a chance to do a Disney California, but it's still apparently holding strong in Hollywood Studios in Florida, so I would love to do that attraction at some point in my life. So Muppet Vision 3D, go ahead and give me a number three, Joe. Number three, I did... uh Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. I know we've gone on it before, but it's still such an... The decor is so incredible. And it's actually one of the rides that I go on where I'm actually kind of scared when I go on it, which I think is the point. Um, I mean, the Haunted Mansion is is was scary when I was a kid, maybe, but now it's just kind of like... It's, this is kind of silly. It seems silly. Like, sure. it, like the stuff you laugh at and... Right, you're um, not going on that ride to be scared. No, but Tower of Terror, I'm still scared. Just like standing in like the queue and you know having it be dark and eerie music playing and the and the narrator. I mean, Hollywood, the, the the haunted mansion. When you're in the elevator part, yes, it's an elevator. Sorry to spoil it, but when you're going down the elevator, that part's creepy, mm-hmm. but not the actual ride. Right. But anyway, that's my number three, Twilight Zone. Number two for me is Lightning McQueen's Racing Academy. Um, Part, part and I do like the Cars franchise, but also in part, this is their latest and greatest attraction. So it's supposed to be all brand new technology to a certain extent. Yes, as Joe mentioned, it, it is presented as a show to a certain extent, but there's also supposed to be a little interactive. I'm not sure if that means 4D to a certain extent or not. Um, but it's supposed to be the latest and greatest in terms of some of their technology and their animatronics, audio animatronics. So you get like a full size version of a Lightning McQueen or a Cruiser Ramirez or things like that out there. And um, they're doing something cool. I don't know what it is, but I'd be interested in riding that ride. So that's my number two. Go ahead and give me a number two, Joe. Um, I'm actually going to jump and I'm going to give you my number one because if I give you my number two, you're going to know what my number one is. So Well, if I know what your number one is, I'm going to know where your number two is. I know, but number one is what we're building up towards. How, do you want me to give my number one that you can give yours back to back? My number one is Slinky Dog Dash. Slinky Dog Dash. Um, again, you I know it's a roller coaster. Yeah, it, it looks cool. Again, Toy Story Land is, is still fairly, fairly new over there. Um, it looks cool. It, it doesn't look to be like some massive roller coaster either. It looks to be kind of a fun roller coaster. 
Um, and again, you're kind of in Slinky Dog, and you're you know kind of in this roller coaster around Andy's play yard, and you know it looks cool. I mean, I, I love I love Toy Story the films, and you know it just it just looks like it's it looks like a new type of attraction, and there's not that type of roller coaster or ride in Disneyland or Disney California mm-hmm. right now. So mm-hmm. it'd be a new type of ride or a new type yep. of experience to have. So that's my number one. So you can go ahead and give me your two, your one, your zero, your negative one. I'm going to give you my one. Go ahead and give me your two. But I have a comment to make first. Sure. Um, it's it's actually applicable to the ride. Um, Why don't you give me your two and then your one? No, I'm going to give you the one and then the two. That doesn't because, make any sense. Because if I give you the two, you're going to know what the one is. And the one. It's more about the fans. No, Joe. no. it's You're going to know what one is. And so will the fans because they're keeping track. Um, dude, you look like a lady. Has anyone ever told you that, Mac? Uh, no, no. Okay, yeah. Well, that doesn't really make any sense, but it leads up to my it's ride. Aerosmith, because it's Aerosmith. I put Rock and Roller Roller Coaster as number one. Great. It sounds awesome, even though it has nothing to do with Disney at all. Nothing, absolutely nothing. But I remember that. I remember when I was a kid. There used to be like an Aerosmith video game. It was like a shooter video game. And it was so cool to like hear the Aerosmith songs as you were playing like the game, like you, or no, no, it was a it was a pinball machine. That's what it was. I think it was an Aerosmith pinball machine. But it was so cool to hear like the Aerosmith songs and like you had to like shoot the pinball into like um, what's his name? It's not Mick Jagger. Uh, Steven Tyler. Steven Tyler. He had like a huge mouth that you had to like shoot the the. The, the pinball into his mouth mm-hmm. and it was just uh, and you know you hear the songs and everything playing to me this sounds awesome it's in the dark you get to hear all the songs there's like four or five different songs that are playing that sounds awesome and it's a roller coaster um, to me you can't go wrong it has nothing to do with Disney absolutely nothing to do with Disney but it sounds awesome so number two for me would be Slinky Dog Dash very close second another roller coaster but it's outside I, it's about Toy Story I love Toy Story I'm sure only one though. Only, only, only Toy Story one. one. I'm sorry. Doesn't I'm like sorry. Toy Story two. So what's your number two, buddy? That was it. My number oh. two was Lightning McQueen's oh, Race. Oh, Lightning Co. McQueen. And then I went over it. Yeah. I'm. I'm still confused as to why you didn't go to one versus. Because one. you would know. Because you, because if I didn't go two, you'd be like, well, I know what you picked for number one, Joe. Well, once you said one, I knew what your number two. So, pick but was. number two isn't as significant. <laughs> isn't as significant as number one. All number right. One is the number one. All right. If you're not, right. if you're not first, you're last. Great. Well, I was first because I gave mine first, so you were last. Um, as always, thanks for listening to this weird thing we call podcast for an hour. If you're still listening or if you're just tuned out by now, um, we appreciate it anyways. As always, please like, share, comment, rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, please continue to send in your questions. We will answer them. Um, Check out the Avengers Endgame full spoiler podcast on there. I think there's some good moments on the podcast. Yeah, there's some. Um, it's funny. Some. And hopefully, I know at least one of us tries to provide some detail. And Excuse depth me. Excuse um, me. I have plenty of detail. I didn't just didn't think it was as good as you did. It's fine. Um, got some interesting stuff coming up um, next week. Um, some interesting films are starting to open up. We're starting to get into the summer season. Mm-hmm. So we're going to start to get some new films and, and new things coming out. Um, as always, thanks again. It means the world. Check out the website. And we look forward to talking to you guys soon. Yep. Have a good week.